Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to the Rise Up For You podcast. This is your host and the founder of Rise Up For You, Natalina Nasserdeen. Such an honor to be here on a Wednesday morning and very excited to bring our guests with, with us here today, Thomas Jelmy, right? I, I hope I said that way, Jelmy. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Coming all the way from Switzerland, who's going to be joining us today and talking with us about something that's you know, obviously very dear to my heart and the team here at Rise It For You. And that's really the human and the interpersonal skills that are needed in today's world. But before we jump in, Thomas, I always love to ask, you know, our guests, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and brag. Okay. Thank you so much, Nada, first of all, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure uh, for me to be here on this uh, Wednesday evening, right? So I'm a little bit ahead of you. So, um, I've been in the domain of learning and development, people development for more than 20 years now. Uh, I'm 55 years old. I refer to it as level 55. So I yes. know all the previous levels. <laughs> and um, yeah, what do I do? I help mostly leaders, executives, middle management uh, across industries, across cultures to develop their human side, their human skills, the human aspects of their work, which is people business, right? Leading people, working with other people. Uh, that's all about uh, H2H, uh, human to human. And uh, I started doing that uh, around about 20 years ago. Before that, I had a very colorful uh, first part of my biography. I worked for a circus for one and a half years, lived in the trailer. I used to lead cabin crew on international flights for Swiss Air, the former Swiss airline. And I earned my first money cutting people's hair. What I didn't know at that time, when I did an apprenticeship as a hairstylist, I know now, namely that I was already having deep conversations. I was listening. I was having uh, conversations about topics that sometimes I wouldn't even want to know about. But that's the red thread that goes through all of my biography. I love that. Okay. Well, you know that I can't move forward unless we talk about the circus. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean? Tell us what happened. I'm I'm curious because uh, Mm -hmm. my first career, I was a performer and I performed in a circus in Russia, uh, meaning not in a circus, but in a circus arena. So I'm curious, tell me about the circus. I see. Yeah. I was, I was completely fed up with what I was doing at that time. And then I saw this little ad in the newspaper, at that time, we still had ads in newspapers, right? And it said, Circus Viva is looking for press spokesman. Very short, very small. And I thought, I can do that. Let's try. And three weeks later, I moved into my trailer. And then, of course, during the one and a half years, I did everything you do at a circus that is touring around besides talking to the press and doing some marketing building the tent, unbuilding, doing the light show during the show and all of that. So I was never in the arena, but always, uh, uh, yeah, doing side activities. I love that. Well, well, as I mentioned, you know, we're both in a similar industry, which I think is amazing because we need 
this now more than ever. Before we jump into some of the nuances, I really want to talk about, you know, the shift that we're having and that we've been having the last 20, you know, 30 years with technology and where we're going to be in the future. But I'm curious to hear what was that moment for you that got you to transition into this industry of, you know, be human, think human, act human, you know, all the human aspects. What about your path got you to where you are today before we jump into some strategies and some ideas? Mm, okay. Well, probably the most important uh, thing that got me into this is that I, by my personality style, I'm a people person. You know, I'm more on the people side as opposed to maybe on the rational facts and figures yeah. and logic side, uh, personality style wise, and that helps. And uh, it also has to do with my personal values, one of them being respect, mutual respect, empathy, compassion in interacting with other human beings. Being kind when interacting with others is for me a very, very high held value that I want to live up to and that I am strongly promoting. Because in the end, regardless of uh, how much digitalization we have happening in organizations, it's in the end always human beings you see, 100% of all employees and customers of any organization are humans. So regardless of whether you're in B2B or in B2C industry, it's H2H, as I just mentioned, human to human. And that's why these human factors are so important. And because they are important to me personally, uh, it's really a matter of the heart to bring uh, this more into organizations to stimulate the awareness and the ability uh, to live up to those, uh, to those skills and values. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. You know, it's interesting because, you know, before, you know, owning and running Rise That For You, I was an executive and I was a professor. And I saw year after year that technology was, you know, slowly becoming more and more and more. And, you know, in the school systems, using the iPod pad instead of reading a book, for example. But I also recognized that we weren't necessarily sufficing that with the human skills, meaning that we weren't balancing it. And slowly, I've seen the gap get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, where people are becoming more tech technically advanced with technology, but we're losing some of these human skills. In fact, there was just an article released by Daniel Goleman, who you probably know is the pioneer of, of EQ, yeah. mentioning that the research is showing that emotional intelligence has gone down globally. Exactly. With individuals, exactly. Which is really scary, yeah. by the way, everybody, if you're yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to this. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and artificial intelligence is like, we're just barely there. Now, I'm, I think artificial intelligence is great. I'm not worried about it. But what I am worried about is that gap uh, if it continues to persist, I think 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to be in trouble. So I, I want to throw that to you and, and open this up for conversation. Yeah. yeah, thanks very much for bringing this up, because this is also a very big concern for me. Uh, in fact, yes, emotional intelligence and all those human aspects that we're talking about here are actually on the decline. It's not even the case that they're like on a halt because digitalization is, is moving so fast. No, they're on a decline. Why? Because the more digital means and ways and channels we have to interact and to exchange data, the less we have true human dialogue. 
deep conversations. A dialogue, per definition, is a conversation where both or all parties have a genuine interest in each other, in each other's opinions, points of view, and are willing, if necessary, to also change and revise their own points of view in order to find a common way forward, to find solutions, etc., etc. So, the exchange of data has massively increased, but the ability to have a dialogue in which empathy is a crucial part uh, tends to fall by the wayside. And, and with that comes uh, increasing sense of isolation, for example, although we are hyper-connected, right? <laughs> Loneliness has increased on an individual basis. So this leads to situ an absurd situation that even though we could call many of these things we're talking about common sense, right? <laughs> Listening to others while they're trying to explain something to you sounds like common sense, right? Of course you, of course you gotta listen, right? Things like that, common sense. But when we look into organizations and how people operate and work together, this common sense is suddenly not so common anymore. And it, it, is, it does not equal common practice. And why is that? Because the pressure is so high in organizations and the focus on KPIs, on profitabilities, on the facts and figures is so strong and the pressure is so high that this common sense is like falls off the radar. And that's why we have to raise awareness again, bring it up, put it on the table, point towards it and show and make people understand how important it is. If we want to ensure that the whole thing is not falling apart. Yeah. You see, we, in, in, especially if, if I may add, in leadership, we have two main functions of leadership. One is locomotion, which translates into moving things forward. That's why the, the, you know, what pulls the train is called the locomotive because it brings the train, moves the train forward to its destination. That's of course, main task of leadership. But the other one is cohesion. Yeah. Holding things together so that the train arrives at its destination in one piece. <laughs> it doesn't break apart uh, on its way. And these human dimensions, human aspects that we're talking about are the glue Yes. that hold teams together, that make people feel belong, they belong, they count, their opinion counts, they're heard, they're seen, and their contribution uh, is, is, is valued. So let me ask you, because obviously I believe in everything that you're saying, and I think you bring up a really good point, which is the awareness. And I know that for our team here at Rise Up For You, one of the biggest things that we are trying to do is continue to raise the awareness and the importance of these skills opposed to them being a afterthought, right? So we're going to have our strategy our, for marketing and sales and operations and all of these things. And if we have time, if we have a little bit of money, then we'll do a leadership retreat or a leadership training. And <laughs> You know, we're working hard to really switch that narrative, which is why, again, I'm glad, you know, happy that there's people like you that are doing the same work. You know, how do we get companies to understand that like this, this people strategy needs to be an everyday strategy. It needs to have 
align items so that we can develop and train people consistently just like sales. Because I'm a firm believer that your marketing, your sales, your operations, the business is only going to go so far if your people aren't continuously being developed and growing. So how do we make that shift, even in our, even in our school systems, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's very few schools I know here in North America where there's actually an emotional intelligence class that all the kids go through, right? Where there's a leadership mm. class or communication class mm. that all the kids go through. How do we yeah. switch this narrative so that it's at least 50-50 or even 60-40? I'd be happy even if we had 60-40%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, great question. And it sounds like a, a, a an elephant task, right? Huge, yeah. a huge, a huge thing. And, and how do you, to quote Desmond Tutu, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So that's, of course, what we got to do. We've got to, you know, give these impulses into the organizations, into leaders. How do you change the culture of an organization? One conversation at a time one micro moment and micro experience at a time where people notice, oh, something is different and it's consistently different. And it all comes down, of course, to the individual leader, the individual person who's in a leading position and who has the means and the influence to change something. Um, because, you know, the longer I am this business, in, in this business, uh, the more I, I, I see on a daily basis that Leadership development is actually personality development. Nothing more, nothing less. Yes, yes. Because, because everything a leader says or does or how he or she shows up and what they radiate and the energy they bring to meeting and the mindset and the attitude that people feel all depends on what it looks like inside them. Inside. And where they, where they are in their personal development as an individual yeah. so that's that's one major aspect of of uh, planting the seeds and and broadening uh, the awareness in organizations and then of course we need to talk about it like you and i do right now so that people hear it that people maybe start thinking about it could that be true could it be relevant also for my organization and then probably the most important aspect that will make things happen is if we can connect these human aspects, the human dimension to the heart numbers, the heart facts, yes. the profitability, the key, the key uh, performance indicators. And you, you said it beautifully. <laughs> what, what often happens is that the focus is on the heart skills and the heart facts, and then Maybe we should also do some soft skill training later in the year. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I don't like the, the term soft skill in the first place. I, because I'd it's hard. Move. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's hard, first of all. And secondly, because they are essential. They are actually the game changer. So I call them essential skills or just simply human skills. And we have some trends and developments. Um, at the moment happening, for example, uh, demographic change, uh, where younger generations come into the organizations that bring different values into the organizations that ask for more autonomy, more flexibility. They ask for appreciation. They ask for being treated as human beings. 
And what they're ask, what, what Generation Z is asking for is nothing new. It's the very basics. They are just standing up for it and, and demanding it, right? And so organizations are challenged to deal with this because yeah. you cannot make this go away. You yes. cannot... You cannot discuss it away and say, ah, that's absurd. That's nonsense. We got to achieve goals here. No, you got to work with what's there. You got to, you know, organizations have difficulties to find and bind good people, at least here in Central Europe. That's very much the case. So if you want to find the right people, you got to be attractive as an employer. You got to prove that you have um, a climate in your organization that is a climate of psychological safety and trust where people are safe to speak up and share opinions and have different opinions because that's the source of innovation, for example, right? And there's a big, big, uh, there's big work to do still. I, I still see too many organizations holding on to traditional um, values and ways of doing things and, and, and running businesses that are not flexible enough yet yeah. um, to embrace the, the needs that are here and, and to, to serve these needs. Absolutely. Well. And I, um, I would say that it's, um, it's a handshake because I, you know, I agree with you that uh, organizations, leaders, we definitely have to make that shift, right? And where we are in society. Uh, the other thing that I see though is, uh, I think that the narrative in society has taken a lot of ownership off of the individual. And I think that's a dangerous mm -hmm. game too, you know, mm -hmm. because there are some organizations that I'm proud to say are, are doing great things, oh, yeah. but maybe the employees are just not motivated or they're not interested in pushing their potential or, you know, they get a little bit lazy. And so I really think that that's a constant handshake, you know, and, yeah. and that's why these human skills are so important that because the common denominator between executives and entry team levels is that they're all human for everyone's a human. And so it's teaching, you know, our executives and leaders, you know, at the top, how to build a culture, like you said, that's engaging and exciting psychological safety. And then also how to teach employees to like find their own meaning to take pride in their work, to, you know, be excited about what they're doing, even if they're working in a spreadsheet. <laughs> Yes, you know, yes. because they understand the why behind it. They, yes. they see what this little Excel spreadsheet that I'm now filling in, and I'm doing it with 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 uh, with focus, and not just because I have to, but because I want to do it. Because I see how this little piece is part of a bigger puzzle that has that serves society, for example, or, or has a, represents a value that is also shared value for me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I love it. Thomas, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been great. We have little power episodes here. I'd love to jump in to our power section, rapid questions. I'm just going to ask you a couple quick questions. One of them you already mentioned, but we'll come back to it. So okay. the first question is, uh, if today were your last day here, you know, in the world, what's one golden nugget that you would want to leave everybody with? Be kind to each other. Everybody's carrying their stories behind the facade that we see. And you don't know what these stories are. So be kind and assume good intention. Absolutely. And you mentioned this earlier, but you know we're very big here at Rise Up For You. And we talk about this all the time with our clients on values. 
what's one value for you that's an absolute non-negotiable? Respect of the uniqueness of yourself and others. Great. And I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, tell us where can we find you? Uh, can we connect with you on LinkedIn, your website, any free resources that you have? Uh, please tell our audience. Yes, LinkedIn is one of the best ways to connect with me. I'm quite active there. Then, uh, of course, go uh, visit my web website. There's a lot of what I do uh, explained there. It's gelmi, G-E-L-M-I dot coach. That's, uh, that's where you find me. Uh, you'll find my book on Amazon or in your local bookstore. Maybe it's a book with the title Breakthrough, where I also talk about many of the things we just discussed with a metaphor transporting the message uh, of cabin crew working on the plane. So there's a little bit of my personal history uh, yeah. coming in as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. And we'll make sure to put all that in the notes as well. Final question for you is, as you know, we're the company rise up for you. What comes to mind for you when you hear that phrase? Yeah, rise up for you, for me, is, is the image of growing as an individual, personality development that I mentioned earlier. And because you grow, you pull everyone else around you with you. You cannot avoid influencing or having an impact of others when you rise. So you lift others and it's much more than just you. Right? Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you for your insight. Thank you everybody for joining us. For those that are listening live, watching us on LinkedIn, commenting, we appreciate you. And thank you everyone around the world. Again, this is the Rise Up For You podcast. We are bringing amazing thought leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, executives together to share strategies, stories, and empowerment so that you and your organization can be your best. Have a fabulous day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Thomas, again. Thank you. My name is Natalie.